Hello and welcome to Superhuman Samurai Cyberpod, the SSSS Dynazenon podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen Knight. One tequila, two tequila, three tequila Gundam. I'm David. Alright, so we just recorded our Patreon episode on G Gundam, and yes. David has been hitting both the tequila and the Gundam. <laughs> Yes, but no. No, but yes. One of them things. I, I've had more alcohol than I've had in a while. Good job. So this is going to be fun. So yeah, that's, uh, that's two yeah. episodes of anime uh, for, for me in in a day, which is, I believe, a record for me. <laughs> Never before in my life has this happened. Never. Not Never. at any point. Nope. I, oh, so many days in college were spent... Getting new VHS tapes with two to three episodes of anime. Watching that, watching twenty five to thirty dollars a piece. Yeah, and you? Oh God, I get I get entire box sets for that now. Oh man, I know. Uh, the great thing the great thing about this is that uh, we, we can watch them on the internet now. Yes. I remember one time I watched two episodes of Dragon Ball Z in a row, and I was like, so at the start of this, these two guys were fighting. At the end of it. Handles. They're still fighting. Two guys. <laughs> we we don't talk about the freeze at the end of the freeze arc <laughs> in, in five minutes. Anyway, modern five anime. Minutes. No, in this one, all sorts of plot developments are happening. As you may recall, in yes. our last exciting episode of SSSS Dynazenon, uh, the the fight between our, our heroes and the Kaiju of the Week. Was uh, was interrupted by the arrival of uh, one of our favorites from the previous series, Grid Knight. Yes, uh, aka Jen's trash son, Auntie. He's so good. <laughs> he's got he's gotten better. He looks like he's learned how to bathe himself, uh, and he's he's grown up. And he is. I'm, I'm not sure how old he's supposed to be. He's like late teens or early twenties. It's maybe. anime. It's like. 17, 18. Yeah, probably 18. He's probably no longer eating out of dumpsters. Yeah, he probably has learned how to procure food in a proper fashion. He, he's got a pressed suit. He's eating well. Yeah. His hair his hair is well manicured and not just this flop sagging down. Yes. He's doing good. He's doing good for himself. Yeah. My boy. He's grown up. So, yeah, the, so uh... Grid Knight, in short order, kicks the ass of this kaiju and sends it scurrying off. Yes. Mm-hmm. Though the kaiju eugenicists do uh, decide not to fight to the death because they want to let this one recover and maybe try again. Mm-hmm. And also, they're not sure what exactly this Grid Knight's deal is. What is this giant yeah. purple guy? Is yes. he a kaiju? They can't control him, so they're not sure. But also, he's a giant armored purple guy, so he doesn't seem to be normal people. They're not sure. So they're going to hang that, back and see what happens. And we we also see uh, Auntie hanging around, uh, yeah, in, in grown adult-ish form, uh, just hanging out in a, a little speedboat here. Uh, With, I wouldn't call it speedboat. Uh, it, a speedboat, a motorboat. Motorboat, it, it feels like a gondola, but isn't. Yeah, initially I thought, wait, is this happening in, like, whatever Japan's version of Venice is? <laughs> uh, no. 
No, the appropriately to the kaiju eugenicists for once, they are near the the water. Yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, as a note, uh, um, Anti uh, uh, Knight Grid Knight is now in the opening. Oh. Yes. For a quick blink and you missed it. And 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 while I was watching the opening, I noticed things that the um as the the kids are pulling out their their little dinazenon components we get a close-up of them in their hand and and their back and then we see someone faded in the background of the scenes of uh galma uh oh fuck girl's name i i, I forgot names again so uh, it's yume. yume yo yume and uh oh koyomi as they're pulling their things out, there's a character faded in the background. For Galma, it's easy to tell because it's the eugenicists. Yes, because there's four yes. of them, and they're wearing lovely yacht club outfits. Yes, they're faded in the background. For Yume, it's a woman, girl of some kind, but who? Probably her sister. Exactly. And for uh, Koyomi in the background, it's probably a young version of the girl... He wanted to date, who's now married. Yes. So, each of the three of them were seeing their past faded behind them, or in front of them, or whatever. <laughs> very notable. That's very yeah, uh, I, metaphorical. I love a good metaphor. I was paying more attention to the op, because I was trying to notice, oh, are there any other changes besides the fact that Auntie's now in the opening? And then I was uh, like, wait a minute, those three... <laughs> and and yet, yeah, joining him in this boat is uh, what appears to be a grown-up version of uh, that mi- that mystery girl from the uh, from the from the previous series, uh, here known only as Second, which I guess is short for yeah. what was it, uh, Anguirus the Second, uh, Anoshiris Two. Okay, uh, she's called the Second in the dub and the sub, but okay, Nidaima, Nidaima, Nidame. It is what it is. she's called in Japanese, which means the Second. Yeah. Anyway, also wearing a uh, established business casual ensemble. Yes. Yes. Adorable with glasses. Very slightly uh, frog-like, but not you know to the point of that My Hero Academia character. No. Yeah. Uh, she's. I. I like that her suit has a little music note on one lapel. Yes, uh, and, which comes from her mother's design. And part mm. of Knight's lapel has, like, the purple and, and blue flames on it. So, As his old outfit did, yes. Yes. Those are nice touches. Anyway, so the, uh, so it, uh, so Grid Knight drives this, uh, this monster away, but then he also starts fighting, um, Dinazenon. Yes. For reasons that are unclear. Other than, I guess. punches him. Yeah. Well, punches it. They arrive there saying, oh, there's two monsters now. Two Uh, kinds. Yeah, they... It looks like a big dragon. Yes, that's true. So, yeah, they start out, of course, as any good superhero team-up goes. They start out with a a brief misunderstanding. And uh, Grid Knight just punches Dinazenon because he thinks (laughs) that it's a kaiju. Oh, he's just clowning on them. They don't stand a chance. But then his uh, little alarm goes off, and he shrinks back down. He is still limited by that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, so the fight's over. Koyomi just goes to wander off, because he believes he's seen a familiar car in the rubble. 
<sighs> yes, he does. Which uh, Gal was not pleased with. Which was it's like it's like oh they get to see the the, the loss of life. I didn't realize who it was he was staring at the first time. It's like oh he just saw a dead body in the rubble from the yes. fight. So he wanders off. Everybody else is looking for uh, this uh, this escaped kaiju. There's a bit where uh, you know Gamma's going around in his sub vehicle, and we see a crab hiding from him. Which, well, it should, given his uh, <laughs> his uh, known diet. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and parts of uh, Dinozenon were injured, particularly part of his sub. Yes. There's a big crack on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, even when it's in like little toy form, it's still messed up. And it's not healing itself. And meanwhile, our, uh, uh, you know, Auntie and uh, the second here are just uh, putting around in this boat. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, our kaiju eugenicists are the the lady eugenicist, uh, the crazy guy with the red undercut thing is talking about how she's so pumped up, even though she, as always, is talking like this. <laughs> yes, and again, there were two of them controlling this kaiju because it was quadrupedal. Yes. Uh, in keeping like a, with like the tradition of horse. that that uh, kind of costume taking two people to to wear, which yes. is a great detail. It's a yes. pantomime horse. I yes. love when they do stuff like that that's just a nod back to, you know, the limitations of tokusatsu. Mm. Yeah, oh god, like, that's a thing, like, that just struck me the other day about, like, Evangelion. Remember when, like, like oh, it, it gets the armor ripped off and it gets a new arm, and it's like, it just looks like a person's arm. Mm-hmm. Which back when I originally watched it, it's like, oh, they're just giant zombies in armor. But now it's like, oh my god, Anna was re- literally making a joke about, oh, it's a suit actor with part of the suit ripped away. <laughs> he a is such both. a nerd. A little of both. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, the, uh, so they're, uh, you know, they're still looking. These kaiju eugenicists are, you know, still trying to do their thing. They're still not sure what Grid Knight's deal is. And, uh, and Koyomi has come across this car, which, as it turns out, contains uh, that uh, uh, Yomogi's boss's husband. The guy who <gasps> cannot remember his name. What? Wait, I can't remember her name. How well, am I going to remember okay, also because that. he can't remember Yomogi's name. Right, that was so. the thing. You jerk. And, and he's, you know, you get the voiceover flashback oh. of him being well, not helpful. Her name is at least Inamoto, which I'm going to forget by the next episode. Oh, what the hell's her husband's name? I am... Oh, Arata. Mm. Ara- Arata? <laughs> <laughs> Although it's A-R-A-T-A, not E-R-R-A-T-A, but still, that feels like a joke. <laughs> it does a bit. And he, you know, he comes across this body, and he looks super dead. But then, oh, oh there's a bit of a groan. And he's thinking, oh, I don't know if I want to get this. I don't know if I want to rescue this guy. Yeah, that... Uh, the, <laughs> I feel sorry for Kuyomi. It's like, oh, like, 
Dude, yeah. you could do nothing and he would die, but you can't because you're a nice guy. Yeah. And because it's the right thing to do. That's harsh, man. It's and harsh. he does indeed save him. He does yeah. the right thing because he's a nice guy. Yes. Oh, because playing in his head is like the thing he told uh, Inamoto about. It's like, oh, what, what are you doing now? It's like, I, I help people. Yes, he's remembering how he played himself up as having a job helping people. Yeah. It's not really a job, but it is helping people. No, well, it it is, but it isn't. (laughs) doesn't get paid for it. It's volunteer work. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, meanwhile, our heroes have totally failed to find this uh, this kaiju, so they're just going to get some food. Yeah. Oh yeah, gonna go get shawarma. Okay, not actually shawarma. It's just ramen. No, but basically, well, I kind of like how this episode takes place like over basically the course of one night. It's like a it's a real sort of before sun before sunrise kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's really nice. We're seeing like in a way, kind of like downtime on both teams' sides, like Mm -hmm. the heroes and the villains, of like tension between the group, but but they're still like just hanging out, having food. Yeah, Yeah, because the kaiju eugenicists are very insistent. They're, you know, they have this higher purpose, and they can't just kill people they don't like. And they can, the the good guys can tell that this kaiju is not dealt with, and it's absolutely going to come back, so they're just going to hang around until it shows up again. Yeah, but they're like the 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 emo redhead guy is like they, they don't kill people, but the purpose of kaiju users is to kill all of humanity. Uh, uh, yeah, that was a revelation. They are living up to the kaiju eugenesis idea. It's just that it's such a ridiculous concept that they're playing straight, kind well, of. Well, and also there's a there's a sort of puzzling bit where they're all, oh, you know, a, a a real kaiju user doesn't need sleep. And then yes. they cut to the the one glasses dude who's just having a snooze. Uh, Junga, their sort of leader, is taking Does a nap, it, and the rest of them are awake. I assume this is going to be important later. Yeah, I guess. Well, because has he taken control of a monster yet? I don't know that he has offhand. I don't remember. I don't know, man. He's the least memorable of them. I think he's sort of the leader. I would still sleep because sleeping is nice. He's a presumed leader (laughs) because he has glasses and is taller, but... He tells everyone what to do, kind of. Yeah. And he's not the shouty one or the one without a personality. He's level-headed. Or a girl. Yes. Yeah. Admittedly, the, the 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 youngest looking one could be the leader. That's true, but uh, it's it's like that thing in uh, in uh, the first season of Buffy where the like master vampire is actually like a child. Yeah. Oh, that was the first season. Wow, or maybe it was the second so season. I think it was. Wait, wasn't the mayor the? No, the first mayor. No, no, no the mayor was like the third season or something. Okay, I've forgotten so much. That was when they because that's when they graduate high school. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh yeah, they they kill him and graduate. Okay, I forgot. I forgot the order there. First season, I think it's like or maybe no, I no, I think you're right. I think first season is maybe like a Nosferatu looking guy. Yeah. And then I think the second season it looks like it's going to be like this little boy vampire, but it turns out it's actually Spike and his like weird British uh, girlfriend. Drusilla. <laughs> yes. And it, not, neither of those actors are British, which freaks me out. No, he's got a surfer accent. It's amazingly yes. weird. She, well, and the, and, the, wait, and wait. she's uh, Martin Landau's daughter. Yes. Yes. I remember she was the daughter of somebody famous. Mm. 
Anyway, Buffy, anyway. go 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 watch it in the nineties, not now. I don't think it's aged well. <laughs> Probably not. So anyway, they you know they they get some food. Uh, Gamma very dramatically stands up and says that they're fine. We're fueled and ready to roll. <laughs> Uh, because I guess he's become a robot to disguise Bumblebee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. And then Koyomi finally shows up, uh, having, you know, saved this guy. Or at least having alerted the authorities to where he is. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, the, well, the, there's an order of things before that, like, right before that, Chisei shows up with ice cream. Oh, that's like, right. She shows, she, she having. She found out, like, where the monster is or something? I think yeah, she's also got that like weird bean thing that's growing. Yeah, I don't know what that. Which will be something, is. presumably. I mean, I assume so. It'd be weird if that it was just like a weird thing that she had. It'd be yeah, very Lynchian. I'd almost forgotten she had it. They I cut to it about once an episode, so I assume it's going to pay off at some point. Eventually, yeah, but I don't remember it in the last episode. Then again, it was a month since May's we lost someday. an episode. May it's going to like grow into her own robot or something. Ooh, spoilers! But presumably, yeah. Um, oh, I, and, I haven't and, seen it. I'm guessing. I, feel like Chisei is the character who's like the sidekick and then eventually accidentally becomes evil trying to prove themselves. Oh, Ooh. yeah, she kind of does have that dynamic. Like, they're always getting left behind and then they take some ill-advised bargain and then suddenly they're a villain. Yeah, she does feel like a Digimon character. And I was... <laughs> And I was definitely kind of feeling that at this point. Mm. Oh, and th- there's a point when they're eating ramen where, like, the other two are on their phones and Gamma's just staring at these kids on their phones. Yes. <laughs> I was ready for him to start, like, talking about kids these days and their screens. Well, he'd just be, he'd be talking about millennials, but he would actually mean, like, people from this millennium. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because, what is he, like 5,000 years old or something? Yeah. yeah. Five, three, something. It, it was, it That's was what while. he said is 5,000. Okay. Anyway, so, uh, so yeah, uh, he, he shows up and then, uh, uh, the, the Grid Knight Alliance catches up with them. <laughs> yes, which they have a name. Is of co- which is, of course, Auntie and, uh, the second, and the second's rolling suitcase. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and Auntie just yells at them about their atrocious fighting. Yeah. Yes. They suck. And of course they, you know, she's trying to make peace, uh, but unfortunately, uh, both, both Auntie and Galma are a little hot-headed. I like that mm. she, she pulls out a little vial of something, uh, that we'll see more about towards the end, of course. But she pulls and she says it's like a healing beam, and she she yeah. offers, and Galma is just like, "No, we don't want your help." And she's just like frozen, smiling, like I don't know how to respond to his hostility. It's okay. None of us actually know how to respond to Galma. No, it's <laughs> yeah. He he confuses everybody a little bit. So yeah, then we offer him crabs. Yeah, Galma and Auntie are not. Compatible uh, personalities. No, they're they're almost too alike in that they're both weird hobos who <laughs> just kind of came home with us. Yes. Well, yeah, because uh, they are so, they are both weird hobos, but like Auntie kind of wasn't good at doing that. 
Galma at least it survives on his own. I mean, yes. I eventually Anti might have gotten a po- to a point where he was catching his own crabs and just shoving them live into his <laughs> face, but fortunately it never came to that. Yeah. I mean, he does seem like he's That was me. Sorry. Oh, the, the hell? I hit the wrong thing. Hell- I was trying to Hello Siri? I was trying to silence my phone and I accidentally or oh. my watch and I accidentally hit the Finder beacon sound. Oh. So, sorry. I mean, Andy gives off the vibes that he's currently, like, living inside a structure now. <laughs> well, yeah, he, he, is, he has a co-worker slash girlfriend, question mark. Whereas <laughs> to keep an eye on Galma him. is still, like, living under an overpass. Yes. Then again, she was effectively a homeless monster child in the past, so I guess that together they equal one functioning human being? Yeah. <laughs> Who can or, afford well, suits? Maybe not human being exactly, but something like it. Well, they're both kaiju, but yeah. Yes. Well, because so, she's anyway. half kaiju, half compoid, which is a digital entity, and he's all kaiju turned compoid, I guess. And, and, I, and I like that they're like, hey, are you connected to that purple guy? I am the purple, purple guy. guy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I am that purple guy, thank you. <laughs> it's like, where's that jerk who calls himself the tick? Yeah. <laughs> I am that jerk. And so I'm curious, do they have like some sort of tracking ability, or do they just find like these, these uh, disparate people standing together and they're like, oh yeah, those guys are probably a kaiju team. I mean... Uh, yeah, look at them, especially Galma. Exactly. I mean, yeah. But I don't know, maybe they... they another... No prize, they, they can track the little bits of Xenon somehow. Yeah, I mean, I can believe that. I, I just don't know that they mentioned it, so I was thinking... Uh, nope, they just saw these loiterers and thought they looked like they were probably the pilots of Xenon. Or since yes. they are kaiju, they can smell kaiju on them. Eh, who knows? Yeah. I'll buy it. Anyway, so uh, Gamma's argument is that they are, these guys are clearly shady as hell. They just rolled up out of nowhere. Uh, to which, you know, Yamogi says, uh, you rolled up out of nowhere, crazy homeless man. <laughs> have you, have you looked? Do you, do you own a mirror, sir? I think shady is actually the word he uses in the dub, so. <laughs> yes. But, uh, but yes, he's like, you kind of are a weirdo who came out of nowhere, so that's that dot. <laughs> uh, so then, you know, we, you know, they, they split up because they're not working together now, at least until they can get along. <laughs> oh, and, uh, Galma and Koyomi are like falling asleep on couches somewhere. Yeah, I was I'm not exactly sure, sure where this was, but then they, you know, they're sort of having a heart to heart. He's talking about how you know he almost left this guy he, to die. And no, he he specifically says like I saved someone I hate, and then John yes. was like, "Good on you." Yes, because I mean, you, know, you got to live your life with emotional honesty or something. Gelma was kind of like giving him a hard time for just ru- seemingly running off for no good reason, so he mm. explained himself. But but yeah, Gamma's like, well, good, good. It's good that you're doing good things. Yep. And then uh, you know, you talk about you know, I had a lady friend once. She's the one who gave me Dinazenon. She was amazing. 
and gave yes. me an inspirational quote that I can't Get remember because I didn't write it down. Biggest tits. No, he didn't say that, but it kind of felt like <laughs> so she was a real beauty. Yes, and a, and a redhead. Uh-huh. Uh, it's going to be weird if we ever figure out who the fuck that is. <laughs> I oh, am. Is it somebody? Curious I have no idea. Somebody we know. Um, Jen, have you watched more? Because I still haven't. I have not. I've been behaving, so I am curious to see if that's going to be like someone or if it's just a background detail that is not going to pay off in plot point. I don't know. I, I hope it pays off somehow, but I don't know. And yeah, and so Yume and Yumogi have a big emotional conversation where she's talking about her sister and how, you know, they never really got along that much. But, you know, when she invited her to to her recital, she smiled and that was the last time, you know, it was the first time she saw her smile in a long time. And that was also the last time she saw her alive. It didn't seem like the behavior of somebody who was about to jump off a bridge-type structure. Mm-hmm. And so and so this makes, you know, Yamogi, you know, he's, he's getting teared up, and that makes her laugh. And it's, 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 it's a nice scene. Yeah, it is mm-hmm. really sweet. Because, yeah, Yamogi starts crying because... It's sad. She's telling him a really sad story, and and he she picks on his runny nose, and it's it's really adorable. It is. And then finally, this kaiju shows up, and it's kaiju fight time. <gasps> oh yes, as fight. um, uh, Grid Knight and Second are having breakfast bars, watching the sunrise. Yes. I got kaiju's here. Time to fight. Okay. Nope. Time to make the donuts. <laughs> their job yep so you know uh dinazenon gets summoned uh they fight they're not doing so great but it's enough to convince grid knight that they are indeed the good guys mm-hmm. so so he joins in and also uh second shoots them with the fixer beam which uh enables Yes, Dinazenon to be effective once more. Which she puts the, the little charge into a rod, which is uh, the exact rod a, her mother had. It's like a baton. Uh, her mother used to heal her father. Yes. Okay. It's her I assume this was like baton. something important. And yes. so he wasn't just really into majorettes. I mean, maybe. I have no idea why she has a majorette baton. Well, she's like musical. She's like a you know. She's like a she's like a Mister B natural or whatever. Yeah, I, she's a little magical musical fairy thing. Yes, but uh, yeah. So, oh, that that's a nice weird detail that she has the rotter. The, oh, this brought my parents together. One of which is a giant monster, and one is like a human sized digital girl. That's adorable. <laughs> And so this this results in a, a big fight, which is a very cool fight. Highlights of which include Dinazenon uh, riding this kaiju like yes. a cowboy. Yes. Which uh, oh, I forget. I uh, I think it was the Kieran shaped uh, kaiju from Ultraman that he rode on. Oh, I forget what it's called. I think I mentioned it in the last mm. episode. But yeah, it's like it's an Ultraman gag. It's like oh, okay. I got on the pantomime horse and kicked its ass. <laughs> And uh, there's also a uh, a fastball special, bub. Yes, kind of. It, it's more like uh, oh, not a lariat. It, it's swinging, swinging Grid Knight around and then throwing him, not putting him in the palm of your hand and throwing him. But yes, it's very close. 
fastball spin, maybe? We do get a couple shots here that are framed in a very, like, classic toku, just sort of straight side shot kind of way. But the the fighting going on is definitely some uh, some pretty uh, high level martial yeah, artsy and stuff. Th- mm-hmm. There's more actual animated, not just three D animated stuff in the fight. Yeah, yes. it looks really good. And and so they they do defeat this kaiju. You know they are our kaiju genesis glower from the background, yes, as you do. And uh, and Galma gives second a a big hug, which gets him uh, no, no, slapped he puts, around. He puts his hand oh, puts, on second's shoulder. Yes, and Auntie's like no touchy. <laughs> <laughs> like that's okay if it's you, but don't be like that with somebody else, even if it's your friend. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I don't, mean, don't, don't touch Galma. Has, you're also like a weird monster hobo man, but still. I mean, Galma has shown that he does not have a proper understanding of boundaries. So no, but yeah, Knight just grabs him by the wrist. <laughs> Explains to him Andy that he has is learned boundaries and, and it's like not no. appropriate behavior. Respect mm. her personal space, dude. Yes. Uh. And uh, so yeah, we we end the episode with uh, the s- Yume's sister plot chugging along as we are finally now going to look for this this one final dude, the guy who was what was he the the. Head of the club or the vice president or something? He was the popular guy. Yes, the popular right. one that everyone had crushes on. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, Meanwhile, that is... Uh, Chisei and Yamogi are at a bus stop, I guess. Mm-hmm. Sort of just hanging out. And she offers him a sucker after all that's happened. It's like, and he bites it. Because yeah. he's a sucker. Yeah, they're just, uh, just kind of vibing. Yeah. And yeah, that is, uh, that is it. It's more, despite the big, uh, returning characters, it's kind of, uh, uh, big vibing episode. Yeah, it's, it's a hangout episode book ended by fights. Yeah. Yes. I liked it. I really hope that, you know, they will, our special guest stars will continue being supporting cast because they're very well, cool and, they've been added to the opening. Yeah, yeah. But lots of things get added to openings. But, uh, yes, I hopefully, guess. fingers crossed, this is the start of lots of having some great characters in here that will hope, and, and hopefully it'll explain why they're here, because, you know, that's a lot of world yes. building there. So, mm. yeah, I'm very, very happy to see them again. Uh, very happy to, to see everybody just hanging out and, you know, advancing the emotional side of the plot, if not the like external part of the plot. Yes. So yeah, I'm I'm excited as to what is going to happen next with uh with these characters entering this and how which will presumably explain how this show relates to the previous show. Yes. Yeah that that'd be nice. Alright. So that uh, that does it for uh that that does it for us for this week. We'll be back next week with more Robots in Disguise. Yes. Uh, until then, you can find us all over the internet. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, and we have a Patreon. 
Yes, we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses. That is at patreon.com slash Iacon Underground. This month, we are talking about, uh, we are not talking about Morbius, which is what we thought we would originally be talking about. Uh, But since that movie got pushed back, uh, of course, we weren't going to talk about the movie. We were going to talk about uh, the 90s Spider-Man cartoon. Uh, what we are be- <laughs> what we will be talking about instead uh, is much like we threw Rob directly into the deep end with some Gundam a few months ago with Hathaway's Flash. Uh, we will be throwing him into the shallow end <laughs> with G Gundam. It, it, it's a little bit. It's a little shallow end and a little ball pit. Yeah, it's, it's definitely. Uh, we are jumping straight uh, to the episode featuring uh, Neo Canada's uh, Andrew Graham. Uh, and his lumber and or grizzly Gundam. Uh, so for as little as a dollar a month, you can hear us uh, explain the devil Gundam to Rob. <laughs> and, and also lots of other exciting uh, early 2000s memories of toy purchases and ridiculous Gundam fights. <laughs> All right. So that does it for us for this week. We'll be back next week with more Robots in Disguise. So until then, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm Grid David. Oh, and I forgot to mention, I, I have a little good night sitting on my desk. <gasps> Did you Ooh. get him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I would like to get him, if but you... man, the toy situation here at my apartment and also on my credit card is, <laughs> is getting dire, so I need to yes. start well, being... I, I haven't... I haven't actually opened him. If you decide in like the next no, month that you no, want no. it, because it. it turns out they had like four or five of them at the store. <laughs>